Welcome back to the Creator Club podcast. I hope you're having a great week so far. You're here with John Marsh. And if you're a coach or creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills you need to attract dream clients, grow your business and build confidence. Today, we have a really cool conversation with Mario Paggio. Mario is a coach, marketer, copywriter and brand strategist based in Queensland and Mario works mostly with gyms and gym owners through his business Kaizen Collective. Mario helps his clients to grow their business, to understand their marketing, their branding on a deeper level and also to find a deeper level of meaning in their work as well. And you'll pick this up through Mario's work uh, if you follow him and also in the conversation we have today. So let's jump into the show. You're here with John Marsh and this is the Creator Club podcast. To be honest with you, it all started because I was uh, in my early 20s at 120 kilos, overweight, sad, and, uh, you know, working at KFC at the time. Um, I uh, didn't like where I was and I had no idea that gyms actually existed. Um, and so... I saw this gym down the road that was like five minutes away well before, you know, the, the amount of gyms that we've got right now. I was so nervous to go in and uh, had the conversation with a personal trainer. In fact, I like kept going in and out of my car because um, I was just like, you know, I hated how I look and this is so embarrassing and all these things. Um, and then at the time I just you know, got along with my personal trainer really well, lost 40 kilos um, and just got super, um, super lean. And uh, that was how I fell in love with um, with fitness. Um, she changed my life completely. I don't want to get too much into detail. I don't want to go all emotional at the start. But um, that was when I realized that, you know, this is a place I want to be at. I also was studying performing arts at the time. So I was doing Bachelor of Performing Arts. Uh, majoring in theater and um, and I realized that at the time it was really difficult for me to get any gigs you know being a person of color um, and of my size as well so um, I decided to do my set three and four I uh, ended up working um, on cruise ships for like nine months mm. um, that's how I learned how to sell really well did personal development there um, and then from there, um, I just fell in love with coaching and selling and, uh, came back to Australia, um, managed a few gyms, um, and then, and then I wanted to get out of it and got a job as, I think I was selling CCTV at the time, actually, because I really like sales and I just wanted to get a foot, my foot um, in the door. And uh, I was selling CCTV stuff. And that was when a friend of mine named Ryan Madges, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him before, from Wing International a while ago, reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love for you to teach um, sales for my guys. So I was working for him as a sales coach, realized uh, that you need to have leads to sell. <laughs> and that's how I really got into marketing. So it's all out of, like my journey has just been all out of necessity to be completely honest with you. Um, and then uh, I taught a lot of marketing, um, ended up um, doing things on my own. Um, then to be completely honest with you, 
this is probably like the first time I've spoken to anyone about this um, in public, but I went through a massive spiral and, uh, you know, drug abuse and partying like crazy in Melbourne, decided to um, move to Brisbane to start fresh, ended up working as a national franchise manager for Fitstop Australia and COVID happened. Another necessity point where they were like, I'm going to let you, we're going to let you go because of COVID and Kaizen Collective happened. Okay. Um, this is where it all kind of like the start of the third book <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. of my life, which is yeah. pretty crazy. So that's how I got into that. Um, during that time as well, I, um, I learned a lot about psychology, NLP, um, mindset work, um, did a lot of work with, um, sorry, on Robert Diltz's stuff. Um, and that to me, I'm actually a lot more of someone that studies psychology and utilizes marketing and sales as a method to apply the information as opposed to purely a marketing guy. So a lot of my strategies are not just Facebook or email marketing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, that's my long ish backstory. Wow. Quite the journey. So you just, so I get that clear. You're in Brisbane now, right? But you did you grow up around Melbourne? No, I was born in the Philippines and we came here when I was 11 years old. That's another okay. story with my parents only having $400 in their pocket when we got wow. here. Slept at a family friend's garage for like a month. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then lived in Melbourne until I was 12, 28. And then I came over here, which was pretty cool. I thought I was only going to be here for a year or two. And now I definitely... With everything that's going on, I definitely will call Queensland my home right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, cool. So talk to me a little bit about that decision to go, basically, you know, you mentioned from necessity, but you stepped out and was like, okay, we're going to do this Kaizen thing. We're going to give this a go. I'm going to basically, you know, start to carve my own path and, and you know, set up your own uh, your own business. What was that like? And how did that sort of unfold for you into where you guys are at now yeah for sure um like most business owners that i know um i just didn't want to go back into being an employee um there's safety in there but i also have this level of certainty in myself that i know that things are always going to work out um and if it hasn't worked out then it's not like it's not the end of that journey yet right and so for me it's like well what else can i what have i got to lose um, and, uh, I just looked for what is needed right now, um, in the industry. I have a lot of connections, conversations, a lot of people that I know that are in their health and wellness space, and there's commonalities in there, um, that is missing. I noticed that there's a lot of coaches that are teaching, you know, the low barrier to offer, um, people that are, you know, trying to sell the low hanging fruit, but there's no brand recognition. There's no work on authority. There's no work on brand identity for you to be able to have that longevity. And so I found a missing piece that's specific for those guys. Um, and, um, I defined that a lot and that's what we, that's what we work with, um, with my clients. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't difficult. I think I'm really lucky that I've got some kind of a charm and people, <laughs> people trust me and I make sure that I deliver um, and, and give them ROI, but that's really it. Just find people to serve, figure out what's missing and then, and then deliver that. 
really. And I'm just obsessed, obsessed with getting clients results and making them um, feel competent. That's a big thing for me. Mm. I want to make sure that they're independent from me. Yeah. I love that. Talk a little bit about that. Like what's, um, is that a, is that a zag on what you see happening other places in the industry or is that something that was important to you from your own experience and how do you go about helping them feel competent and maybe even confident as well, right? Like how do you sort of tie that into the work that you do? Sure. That's yeah. Great question. I've always got this belief that, um, if I make my clients dependent on me, I'm not serving them. I'm actually serving my ego, right? And so for me, obviously at the start, when someone's having challenges, no matter where they are, there is that need, there's that level of codependency. I need you to tell me what I need to do for me to be able to achieve what I want to achieve. So for me, that's sort of like the transformation phase. This is like, I'm obsessed with actually coaching people um, to get them results. So I start off with understanding that they are in the codependency and I teach them the process and making sure that we're focusing on the process and utilizing feedback the way it needs to be. So that they're dependent on the process. And then from there um, they become independent and the least amount of feedback comes from me and then making sure that they become you know, from independent to interdependence that they can actually not only help themselves, but they have the ability to teach other people inside the group. Um, and that allows me to see that there's this cycle that um, really helps them out. Now, there's a lot of like layers that's added to that, but ultimately I think feedback, the ability to have feedback and less is more is a big focus in the program. Mm, I love that. Um, well, maybe take us into like what some of the typical businesses that you work with, what they might be experiencing when they reach out to you or when you guys get introduced. Um, and then, you know, so that's sort of who, who the work is for, or who you serve. And then, uh, you talked a little bit about brand and, and longevity in the business, but I guess maybe speak to how you would work with them, like timeframes and the type of stuff that you do. For sure. So with, with Kaizen Collective, it's it's a minimum 10-week course. And I say minimum because there's 10 weeks worth of information. But for me, in terms of learning, it's really sort of like four phases. There's information, there's implementation, and then from implementation, because they just learn, learn how to do, then there's a transformation. And then that transformation becomes an identity. So it's part of what they do on a daily basis. And then from there, there's integration so that their environment actually helps um, create those results um, systemically. Now, when we first start out, the biggest challenge that a lot of the people that I work with is that they don't want to subscribe to the cheap and easy. Mm. Um, they don't want to do the free six week or like the $2 for two weeks or like any of those stuff, which is probably going to get you leads. That's awesome. But is the quality of the leads actually going to be at the highest capacity? Um, is, is their marketing ecosystem, their organic and their paid, uh, is that actually talking to each other? Or is it literally just let's get you leads as fast as possible? Now that, that model is totally fine. Like Alex Holmosey is doing super well teaching a lot of that stuff. That's totally cool. But for me, I think identity is so important for me that I want you to be able to leave a mark with your business. It's not just about, it's not just about productivity, but it's also meaning um, and I want to make sure that we tap into both the productivity, making money and creating a legacy, right? And so 
when we do start working with each other, I go really, really deep into their avatar. It's not just can we serve anyone and everyone, but it's understanding the fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations, and then layering market sophistication levels in there, understanding, you know, how you can have uniqueness in your offer in a lot of layers of copywriting, (laughs) making sure that they understand the power of words because people just skim through that part. And that's what I'm notorious for. I just really critical. We spend weeks, we spend weeks on actual um, avatar work because I need them to dive deep into the psyche of their clients. I want them to understand not just the outcome, which is what a lot of people think about, oh, you know, do they want to lose weight? Yeah, of course they all want to lose weight, but what's the, how will their, their day-to-day actually change? What are the things that they didn't speak about behind closed doors? Mm. What are the frustrations that they have? Why do they already know what they need to do, but they're not doing it? What are the milestones in that process for them to be able to do that? And how can you deliver that in a unique way where it is sophisticated, it sounds different, and it's easy to use so that you've got rapport in there? So we start off with that. We think about that, the offer. Uh, We think about the offer so that there's a valuable low barrier and the client experience. Then from there, it's just about the delivery and then the systems that goes behind that. Um, I'm super lucky that I've got Brando as my business partner for Guys and Collective because uh, he is the spreadsheet guru. Like the guy has spreadsheets for spreadsheets. And, um, you know, I don't blame him for a guy that's like making over seven figures, running two gyms uh, in Sydney still smashing it even the pan- with the pandemic going on and opening up his third. He's great at operations. For me, it's about, you know, the the avatar, the offer and the quality of the content that you put out. Mm. And then and then and then we do paid advertising. Yeah. That's when we go, okay, how do we amplify this? Because for me, marketing is not a magic pill. Mm. Like Paid marketing is an amplification of what you already have. So we need to make sure that what you're about to show to the masses is actually quality, mm. not just something cheap and easy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. It's a, I think there's a, seems to be a, um, and it makes sense, right? It, it, it could feel like you're going to get a low hanging fruit if you can use paid advertising early, but often that slowing down to build the resonance, you know, and what you talked about at that human level, um, has to precede the reach, right? Like, it's just like, totally. if you were to get the reach early, it's just, and even if you got those leads, your probably back ends not going to be set up or your service nope. wouldn't be able to. Um... And they won't pick up the phone. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's do you find, do you find that there's uh hesi- not hesitation, but when someone's coming in, they're like two to three years in the business, maybe they're uh, a little bit plateaued. They've yep. gotten that group of early adopters, but they're like, I can't, and we're not growing in our brand sort of everything's a little bit clunky. And all of a sudden they step in and you're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to spend a few weeks on just understanding your market yep. and the people you serve. Is there at the beginning resistance to that or? Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. There's resistance to that. And then I take it back to, let's talk about your best clients. How many of them did you have to strip back their technique, get them back on the bar and go step by step in order for them to reach their PBs weeks down the track? The way I work is I work at an accelerated pace. It looks tiny with the effort that you put in, but then over time, 
like I've got guys that didn't get any results for the first four weeks and then adds another two, $3,000 a week after that because they learn the fundamentals of communication. They've learned human patterns. They've learned meta programs. They've learned, you know, the depth of how simple, how much words can actually give you just by chat and what their drivers actually are. Because just by having, literally just by asking one question, what made you decide? Because your decision tells me whether or not you're necessity focused uh, or uh, possibility focused or you're internal or externally focused. That tells me a lot about, you know, what your fear, your biggest fears are in your life and what your archetypes actually are. Um, and I teach a lot of that to my clients. I teach a lot of psychology and identity work with that so that it's just, you just cut through the questions and there's depth and it's just sharp. So yes, there is uh, frustrations at the start, but there's enough case studies for them um, to believe in the process. Thank God. <laughs> and is it, uh, do you work with people or businesses one-to-one or are they going through a group element with your work? How does it, how do you guys sort of structure it? Yeah. Um, so we do one-on-one at the start in the first probably like two sessions mm-hmm. to make sure that I really get you going and there's motivation and I see the motivation behind. And then we do group um, we do group calls after that. And the reason why I like group is because I want to make sure that they understand that there are people above them, below them, next to them that are going through this together. Um, and there's that shared experience. And, and also... You don't really need to have that length. You don't need to have that half an hour. You don't need to have that hour. That's one thing that I really learned a lot about Black Belt. At any given point, I probably have to coach 20 to 50 people in one hour. And so there's just rapid style coaching that we utilize. Um, And uh, in a group setting, it allows you to go, okay, I didn't even realize that I needed that. And you just accelerate your business because you just, you figure out what you didn't even know. Mm. Um, which I think is super cool. So yeah, we, st- we start off with one-on-one. I look for your motivation, um, motivation triggers and your productivity patterns. Make sure that you're profiled properly and let you know what your profile actually is so that you know how you work. Uh, and then we get you uh, into the group calls. To be completely honest with you, I'm like, I love my clients so much. And so throughout the week, I'm literally just messaging, reacting, having conversations with them on Instagram, on Facebook, it feels one-on-one, but we just don't have a formal one-on-one session uh, on a weekly basis. Yeah. yeah. You just got that consistent touch point though. So you have the relationship constantly going and you tuned into the highs and lows and what's going on at any, at any point. hundred percent. I know, I know exactly what's going through their head before they even realize it. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Okay. So I guess what's uh, maybe think of, I'm just trying to think of the people listening when you talk about brand, you talk about longevity, you talk about slowing things down in order to learn to speak to the people that you serve in a way that's clear that, Mm. um, you know, maps to their world and what they're looking for so that your clients can build these longer term relationships. What do you think besides just rushing over the dream client work at the beginning? Yep. uh, Or maybe it is just that, but what do you think are the big areas or what are some of the big areas that you see just missing in awareness or missing in practice um, from the people that come to you at the beginning that 
you know, they end up working through and, and becomes a part of the way that they do things in their business? Yeah, great question. Here's what I always say, and I'm so transparent about this. I have not done anything new. I just make sure that you implement it at the highest quality, right? And so there's really nothing that much different with what I teach for a lot of people, but I think that we don't take enough time to review our work so that we can provide ourselves feedback to make it better next time. Mm. And there's um, there's two major issues. Number one, we don't actually pay attention to the quality of our work and we give feed, we don't give ourselves feedback so that we can make that better. The videos, the content, the the you know, the structure of the copy. But also people always want to rush to doing the middle of the funnel stuff, which are your offers, your six week, your 21 days, your challenges or resets or whatever it is. And they're trying to make that top of funnel. When the reality is, is that you actually need to be working on content. So there's like three layers. I actually get them to do three layers. Um, layer number one is literally just utilizing brand reach when we're doing marketing campaigns. You just need to get eyeballs happening, right? That's like three to five dollars a day. Great video content pieces, whatever it is that you've got, layer one within a five kilometer radius of your area. Um and making sure that you're looking at the metrics. What is Facebook telling you in terms of the metrics? What's the CPM? What's the cost per thousand? Um, you know, the clicks, the engagement that's actually behind that. That's layer one so that you can utilize that as remarketing. Layer two is getting the content pieces that you got on Instagram um, and doing that as a page post engagement, which is like 5 to $10 a day, right? So that's $20 a day and you've got an epic amount of people that you can retarget to these guys now know who you are and what you believe in then that's when you can pass on the valuable offer so you can retarget them really well and of course what's interesting about it is that we have higher cost per lead but the cost per acquisition is significantly lower mm. a lot of you know um marketing coaches are like fuck let's celebrate oh, i don't know if i'm allowed to swear in your podcast yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of marketing coaches talk about you know uh two five dollars ten dollar leads i don't care if your lead's going to be 30 to 50 dollars but if you're closing one in two yeah. and they're high quality because you you've earned their trust that's really what it's all about yeah um and that to me also stops you from burning through your cold audience and them going, oh, not another offer, mm. right? Yeah. That, there's that level of sustainability. So really, you know, it's, it's really just about the quality of the execution and that's really lacking in the industry right now. Not enough people are actually, like not enough coaches are taking the time to go, show me your work. Mm. Let me pull it apart and give you feedback on how it should be mm. and then teach you how to think so that you can keep giving yourself feedback. That's what I'm obsessed about. Mm. It's it's a difficult um, it's a difficult piece of tension to get used to. I think it's it's something that for a lot of people, most of us probably for 10, 20, 30 years, we've been trained in a way to, you know, what they call shit sandwich, like, hey Mario, that's really good. Have you thought about this? But it's really good. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's nowhere to go with it. And yeah. so when you start, like we've got a similar thing in the, in the backend um, community platform, there's a whole channel, it's called feedback, please. Yep. And 
you, you know, we're training people to drop the work in there and we'll give feedback, but then also others will come in. Yeah. And, um, you know, from that old perspective, this new way can feel super confronting because there's no other it side is. of the shit sandwich. It's just like, you recognize the it's good, just shit. But, well, well, you know, like you obviously there's, you're going to see the good parts as well. Yeah. But it feels just like shit because here's somebody saying, Hey, like who are you speaking to? Or, you know, what, the, what is your message or whatever the, whatever the thing is. Mm. Um, have you found anything helpful for you besides just sort of slowly teaching it and introducing the method and, and sort of working it over time? In terms of what's been helpful for my clients or yeah, I guess in terms of making feedback a part of your culture really, isn't it? Yeah. Look, um, if, if I, if, let me speak on feedback for a second um, and then talk about, you know, what's really worked for my clients um, when it comes to feedback, um, I literally just use the analogy of, you know, an Olympic coach, right? They, they will just say to their, uh, to their athlete, move your arm this way, or you just need to make sure that you're just standing up. And it's just that. And it's the, it's, it's, it's not the person, it's the process and it's feedback on the process. And so let's just eliminate the, the emotion. So that's a pretty frame at the start. So I can literally just say, that doesn't sound right, or this needs this, this needs to be reworked, or scrap that completely, start again, go and model this. That's sort of like the coaching aspect of it. And to be honest with you, I think clients absolutely love that. They're just like, oh God, you're actually a pretty brutal, but that's genuinely you, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is awesome. I get away with it because I look like a bit of a larrikin um, and fairly cheeky, which is good. Um, but in terms of what works with people, what I love is I also teach sell by chat before we start doing, you know, paid marketing for lead generation, your content and anyone that's engaged, just have a conversation with them and see how you can help and then invite them in. So there's a full process. It's essentially three steps, connect, qualify, convert, right? In the connect phase, the issue is that people rush that too much. That's why they never really have the truth that comes out of the, of that lead of that prospect. So I, spend a lot of time with them to understand how to connect through conversation. And like my guys, are, <laughs> to be honest with you, like they hardly do paid marketing for $20 for $20 a day. They could probably bring in three to five conversations into the gym and that's super high quality leads. Now, what I think is interesting is that people are like, well, that doesn't really sound leveraged. Here's the thing. If you do this correctly, a staff member is probably going to be like, what, $30 to $50 per hour the most. If you do this right, you can probably generate two, three leads per hour mm. of focusing through organic. So to me, automation doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, leverage, it means that you have to have a software. It just means that it's hands off. Mm. So you, you like learn how to be effective with the sell by chat process. And then you can be efficient by creating a system and palming it off to someone. Mm. It's so sustainable. It works really, really well. And it's such a great experience for the, such a great buying experience for, um, for, mm. for a lot of people. They're not opting in and being harassed on the phone. Yeah. You've got a relationship before you even walk in the door. It is a hundred percent that. So I think that's such a, a great, um, you know, such, such a great system. Yeah. Cool. Talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, I'd love to, yeah. you know, in your own content, 
there's uh, there's a there's a level of you know you use the word meaning earlier and you can tell that you not only care about your work but you care about how you feel about your work you care about the people that you work with and mm. it comes out very strongly like there's a there's a strong sense of pride in what you do mm. but also care around every aspect of it and uh the recognition of the mental emotional tie-in with all of this like that we're not just robots and mm. although we're dealing with a lot of robotic tools right we're dealing with a lot of you know technology and different things um you're bringing a lot of this humanity through your own content i wonder if you could just talk a little bit about that and your own i don't know i guess journey and, and how you think about bringing whether you call it authenticity or humanity mm. or whatever that means to you into your own work and maybe even into the kaizen work yeah i um my biggest belief is that i want to be able to leave this world better than i found it right and people are the only people <laughs> that are going to be able to do that if i teach people correctly um, this is my way of creating legacy. Um, I, I every every human being that I interact with, I want them to feel like they matter, and then be able to pass that on. I know that my, you know, my clients and my gym owners um, are going to be successful. They're tenacious. They are ambitious. They're determined to make things work. But there are so many people that don't believe in themselves that they actually need that interaction and that level of connection. Um, and a lot of the metaphors that they learn to become better people when they join the gym. Someone said to me once, and it really stuck with me, um, that gyms have now replaced churches, right? Mm. And that's where we go to feel connected. That's where we go to feel important. That's where we go to feel like we belong because we're so stuck behind cubicles and I've had so many moments of loneliness and isolation throughout my life and battling with mental health that I don't want anyone else to go through that. And even if it's just that one hour in the morning or in the afternoon where you actually feel like a human being, that makes a massive difference to people's lives. And I want more gym owners to be able to do that. And I want them to understand that emotion is such a big driver to creating a better life. And so I want them to experience that. I want them to understand the strategies behind creating emotion. And I want them to feel what their clients need to feel through my work. Um, so I guess the answer to your question is, is why, why is, why is emotion and care really important for me? Because I want them to be able to pass that on to others as well. I want them to feel like there's so much more purpose behind what they do because the reality is is owning a gym slash running a gym you don't really make that much money right you don't it's not multi-million and you're not like you know you're not going to be most people most gym owners aren't going to be scaling um to massive numbers and so i want them to have that level of fulfillment and fulfillment will only come when productivity happens and when there's meaning that exists within that productivity as well. 
So we, we, we chat about that. We chat about what makes you you, what drives you beyond financials and how can you make a bigger impact into the world, whether it be small or large, it's just that ripple effect that allows you to be able to create that. And that to me is what's important. Those conversations are important because that's that we working with people. Mm. That's, that should be a product, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Um, all right. So I've got a, a final question. One, because this is a super key or important area in my own life. So something sure. that I'm really passionate about. And I know that you speak about this and I'm interested on your take and your take on it. So we're going to talk copywriting for a second. Yes. <laughs> yes. My so favorite. My, my, my question is, is super simple, but I think that this is something that to me, that this is the core of, of kind of anything that you want to get better at. You put mm. out a post or a story. I think it was a post a little while ago. And this is testament to your, your words carry meaning because I don't think I read the whole thing in its entirety, but I got the gist of it. And you were talking about practice and mm. you said, uh, yes, the great copywriters will use frameworks and yes, they'll, they'll have these ways of doing things. But at the end of the day, they're sitting down and they're writing every day and mm -hmm. you need to write, you need to sit down, you need to practice the thing because then you can actually get better at it. Mm. And I was just like, yep every day like to me every day is almost a mantra in things that i want to get better at mm -hmm. so i wanted to hear from you what's your personal experiences and it could it may be copywriting maybe something else but mm. this concept of just you know um practice yeah rigor right it's like yeah. it's like sometimes you don't want to do it but you, you do it right maybe just speak on that um and what it means to you you know for sure um just a bit of background english is my third language and i almost failed I did fail English in high school. Yeah, I did fail English in high school. Um, and so I found it really difficult to commun communicate. But um, looking into the Filipino history, because that's my background, uh, one of the Filipino uh, heroes, I guess you could call him, wrote essays to end the war. And to me, words can start and also end wars. That's how powerful it is. So words matter. That's the depth of why I think copywriting is so important because it makes, it can just completely change the world, right? And only until you develop this skill and you do it every day, will you be able to be competent with it? Your, uh, there was a story, I think it was along the lines of there were two groups of students where one group was told, you know, just to take their time to create, um, you know, the most beautiful pot, do whatever it takes to create the beautiful pot. That's group number one. Group number two was create a hundred pots, as many pots as you can. Right. And out of the two, when uh, the test finished, I think it was like within a week or something along those lines, don't quote me on this. The group that ended up creating a hundred pots made better pots than the group that created that, you know, that one beautiful yeah. pot. I used to think it was about quality and now I think it's consistency because consistency will naturally produce quality. Mm. Um, you, you see it over time. Like I would probably say James Smith from when he started to where he is now right now, that level of discipline that's required just byproduct created quality content. Now he's released, I think two books um, and you just have to do it and it becomes a part of your identity. If you're constantly, 
if you're constantly doing it on a day-to-day basis, you get the feedback, you get the results that you're after, the, the results increase, then that strengthens your belief systems, your belief systems inform your values. The values become your identity. It's part of your identity. You are a copywriter, which means that you do the process of copywriting on a day-to-day basis. You don't just write words for the sake of writing words, but it's become part of you. So to me, if you, it, it should be <laughs> a prerequisite to do it on a daily basis because you'll eventually get better. Much like if you want to train, if you want to get, lift, get good at lifting, lift every day. <laughs> do the things that you need to do. Do the reps. Each rep counts and it will get you there. And so that's like, that's my belief. That's why I talk about copywriting. And that's, that's why I want people to do it on a day-to-day basis. Go and get it, release it, get feedback, and then implement that feedback for the next one. I think that last bit you nailed it too, the releasing. There's a strong distinction between, like I love the concept of journaling and these types of things, but when you hit publish and it goes out to five people, 10 people, thousand, whatever it is, now you've got a feedback loop and yes. you may not even have a conscious feedback loop, but conscious feedback loop, but someone's going to say, oh, that was good or, or, or they won't say anything and that's yep. feedback, right? But Totally. I think that publishing is where, to me, that's where the magic really lies. As soon as you can start to push it out, everything changes. There's also something beautiful about others seeing your growth and being a part of your journey and then wanting to become your client. Because I've, I've been writing for a while now and it's only been now that People are like, okay, all right, we're seeing the results that you're getting. We're seeing how you've evolved. How do we work with you? Mm. And you need to, you need, you need to just go out, go out and get it done and just like eradicate that fear. Mm. It's scarier not doing anything and not getting the feedback than getting the feedback itself. You just become desensitized to the feedback and you implement. That's really the key for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. On closing, I'd love to run us through like you know you're doing you're doing your writing you're running your business every once in a while i see a shot of you training still insane weights how do you <laughs> how Thanks. do you structure like your you know there's a lot of balls in the air like how's your um not like routine or sort of thing but how do you think about your week your your business your setup so that you have some sort of stability and consistency in what you're doing yeah, great question. I actually was speaking about the six human needs today with my clients. And uh, one of my biggest weaknesses is that, well, I wouldn't say it's a weakness, but I definitely have a high need for variety. And so I find it very difficult to create structure into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so thankful that I've got an incredible virtual assistant that manages me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I want to, I, I always just follow. Tony Robbins' five principles of success, know your outcome, take massive action uh, as number two. And so like at the start of the week, I always think about what do I want to achieve this week? What do I want? What do I want to start? What do I want to finish? What do I want to make? What do I want to maintain? So get really clear on that and then going, okay, so what do I need to do to make sure that that happens? And I fill it out in my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't get done. I use Asana religiously like that thing has just completely saved my life and my virtual assistant needs to be on top of it for me but above all um what i'm really lucky excuse me what what i'm really excited about 
um, and what drives me is that I love people and having conversations with people. And so I make sure that like that, who do I want to speak with throughout the week gets filled out. Mm. Um, and that becomes sort of like the thing that make, keeps me excited. Mm. I find it so tough sticking to a calendar, but if I, you know, book in ecstatic moments mm. and even, even just having conversations with clients um, that, that, you know, fuels me. Yeah. For the next day and the next day, I literally just take it week by week. I'm not the crazy guy that sort of like projects for the quarter. <laughs> yeah. I find that yeah. very tough to be completely honest with you. But cool. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Learned a lot, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about that's front of mind? Nothing really. There's a lot of things that we spoke about today that I kind of just skimmed over. So yeah. more than happy to to go deeper at it next time. I think this is a really nice sort of like introduction to the crazy things that's going on in my head yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the amount of stuff that I think about when it comes to working with people, it's not just doing a funnel on Facebook, but how does that actually like work within the person, the business, the community, and yeah, yeah. that level of complexity shows the care. And I think that that's sort of, I think that to be honest with you, I feel like that's what my product is. My product isn't so much as, you know, something that's incredibly unique, but it's the fact that I really care about you and your results mm. and I'll do whatever it takes to make sure that you get that. Mm. Beautiful. Cool. Uh, where do people go to, I'll put your handles and that sort of stuff into the bottom of the podcast show notes, but is there anywhere else you'd like to direct people? No, nah, dude, find me doing random lifts, memes, and uh, lots and lots of photos and videos of my dog in my Instagram at Marario. Mario was already taken, so I just added another ra into it. Uh, yeah, I was wondering um, what the story was behind that. Yeah, that, literally, that's what it was. Uh, and all um, the Kaizen Collective Instagram, where I, I'm a little bit more professional in there, but I like to just show people who I am. And so you you, you see what you get. That's, that's what's fun for me. And the uh, what's your dog's name, your new dog? Cloud. Cloud, yeah. Cloud, the pocket bully. The How's dude is just, oh, such a loving little chappy, yeah. always hungry, but he's just such a beautiful little dog that's just so animated and hilarious and yeah. honestly a projection of me. <laughs> it's just a reflection of who I am. Just so, um, it's, it's so cute. Literally, when we go to uh, dog parks, he will say hi to all the owners first before yeah. going over to the other dogs yeah and it's just the cutest little thing is a little waggy tail so if if anything guys if you if you really like dogs go and follow me <laughs> You'll yeah, see Cloud. I, I, sec I second that the, the shots are great he's so cute i literally have photo shoots for him and i say that um it's uh it's for my business but half of the photos are literally for me to keep yeah and pay attention to so yeah that's love it. it love it Okay, Mario, thank you so much. We'll uh, This will be out in October and yeah, we we'll, can't wait to share it and get your stuff out there. And uh, if you're listening, go over and check out Mario's Instagram, give him a follow and get in touch, especially if you're a gym owner and, and you know, set up a conversation. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. See you soon.